Hey everyone, it's David Warrench. Welcome again to the Authentic Dad Podcast. So excited for my guest today, Doxia Stupi. She is formerly an attorney turned energy healer who decided to listen to her inner voice and really uh, use her gifts for something else, for healing. We talk about her very, very fascinating story and how you can find your own inner voice and your gifts. And I really enjoyed this one. I hope you do too. If you want to reach me, I'm at furthercoach.com. F-U-R-T-H-U-R coach.com. You can get there also at further.coach. F-U-R-T-H-U-R dot coach. Please subscribe, like, share this with somebody who may uh, enjoy this. Reach out anytime on the website, on the contact page for uh, feedback, for coaching. We do a free 30-minute phone consultation. I um, appreciate everybody's uh, support and listens, and we'll see you on the other side. Okay, I'm here with Evdoxia Stupi. And we just had a really nice conversation about her last name, which is a wonderful last name. It's Greek, right? Yes. But it wasn't, she, she prefer her husband's name. But as we discussed, not that easy to get your husband, which, which, is, which is crazy. You should be able to, but it's a beautiful name. Okay. Stupi, Abdoxia. And, and here's, here's what we did. I'm going to read. She has this beautiful biography. I'm only going to read the first paragraph because your story is too good and too interesting and you have to fill in the rest. Um, so 10 years ago, Doxia, God help us, was a lawyer <laughs> with her own practice, and she had everything going for her. Professional goals accomplished, happily married to the man she loved, loves leading a balanced life, healthy food, sports, vacations, you name it. She had a beautiful life. And, but her mind was telling her that everything was under control. Uh, she ticked all the boxes. Um, it would be foolish to change it. Everything was going well. And at 38, life hit her. And I want you to pick it up from there. So you're a lawyer, you're 38, life hit you, and go on. What happened next? <laughs> well, it wasn't the first time that life had hit me. Uh, life has given me had given me lots of warnings, but that time it really shook me. Um, I was diagnosed with an, with an autoimmune disease and um, things were really bad. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't function as a normal person. I couldn't get out of bed and make myself a cup of tea. And I mean, I had known even before that, that something was wrong. But since I ticked all the boxes of like, okay, maybe it's in your head. Everything's perfect. I mean, what's this voice telling you that something's wrong? Right. Yeah. I mean, why change your life when you're a lawyer? I mean, isn't that just the perfect thing? To, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, uh, at least in Greece, where I was born and where I grew up, it's like you, you should either be a doctor or a lawyer. I didn't like blood, so I became a lawyer. So you're Jewish? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, not, not really, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, um, yes, um, I had the social status, I had the money, I had the gorgeous husband, everything was going great. And something felt weird, didn't feel right. Um, Last time we spoke, uh, David, I told you that in the beginning I worked for law firms and I made a ton of money representing banks, uh, which went completely against what I stand for as a person, like I love people. And I... I quit my job and I started my own practice, practice family law, mm-hmm. really training, but I felt yeah. that I was helping. Uh, I was also a therapist. That's why my, my job as a coach or life coach and all that started even when I was a lawyer. I mean, I think that I've been a coach my whole life, ever since I was a child. <laughs> Informally, you, you, you were like a yes. street talk, let's say. Yeah, like the, the go-to person for advice, the go-to person uh, for, I don't know, mediation. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, anyway, so I had to take a good look at my life and see uh, that, well, it wasn't working for me. I mean. What did, what did they say about, or what did they not, I don't want to get too personal about your medical thing, but what did they determine was the autoimmune situation? What was that about? 
the autoimmune, it's uh, autoimmune disease is when your immune system doesn't recognize one of your one or more of your organs, like mm-hmm. it doesn't uh, see them as intruders and sends killer cells to, to eliminate them. Mm-hmm. So in my case, it was my intestine, my colon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was bleeding uncontrollably. Uh, I was in a lot of pain. Um, um, I mean, it, it's not... I, I'd rather not say too much about it. It's also disgusting. Um, But anyway, uh, doctors said it is what it is. And uh, we can give you medicine to alleviate the problem, but you'll have it for the rest of your life. And uh, you have to get medical exams every three months. And that's your life from now on. Uh, And I did that for some time because I was so scared because the doctor said that if you don't do what I say, you die. Like you die. Um, it's horrible. Yeah, uh, but at some point, you know, I heard a voice in my head. I mean, the the medicine, the medication, got me out of bed, and I was able to go to work. But I wasn't as perky as before, you know. I mean, uh, morally, physically, and I heard this voice in my head that said, "Do yoga." And actually, I come from um, a family of. I don't know, scientists and uh, not at all spiritual at yeah. all. And I didn't know what yoga was about, but I don't know this voice that do yoga and mm. everything started there. Well, yeah, no, I'm, you know, lawyers tend to be not always the, of the rational type, right? Um, yes. So you wake up and the voice is saying do yoga. So, so you listened to I did. I did because it was really persistent and I found a yoga studio close to my practice. So I'd go there after work. And I remember that before yoga, when I left my the office, like I saw people mm-hmm. uh, like uh, I don't know, I'd bump into people and I would, I would think, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. Mm-hmm. And after yoga, like I was, I, I was feeling, I love you. I love you. I love you. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and the yoga instructor recommended uh, that I see, um, you know, some alternative medicine practitioners. And um, one thing led to another, and I saw an energy healer. Mm-hmm. And the energy healer told me uh, that I'd been having all these problems because, as I said, at 38, it wasn't the first time. It hadn't been the, thir- the first time. She said that I had these problems because I was running away from what I was, uh, mm-hmm. trying to be something that I'm not. And when I asked her, what was that? She said, a healer like me. And she also predicted that I would leave my job. I wouldn't be a lawyer anymore. And I'd be a healer like her traveling the world. And uh, my rational mind. Uh, Yeah, I was just going to ask that. What was your rational brain saying, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. To, to add insult to injury. She mm-hmm. also said that she could help me at a price. You know, she could teach me how to be uh, a healer. Okay. That, what was your skeptical mind saying about that for the right price? Yeah. For the right. So it's, it's a scam. It's a mm-hmm. scam. It's a mm-hmm. scam. So she's taking advantage of uh, the infirm. <laughs> that's, that's what you were thinking at the time. Of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that she was yeah. taking advantage of desperate people. But when I told the person that referred me to her, when I told her what had gone down, she said, she, I've, I've sent so many people to her and she's mm-hmm. never said anything like that to anyone. So maybe mm. she's right. And anyway, um, I didn't want to spend that money on that thing. And then um, one of my clients gave me extra money. He was extra happy and I got an envelope. I mean, a lot really? of Yes, uh, maybe this hasn't happened to you. But it With cash? Cash, yes. Cash. That normally happened to me, but tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so, and in that envelope was the exact sum that Healer was asking for. So, really? Yeah. That's incredible. Anyway, I said, and to it's myself, true. This is a true story. So, the exact sum. Coincidence? Maybe. So what's your mind, what's your, what's your rational and skeptical part saying now? Uh, I said, I have nothing to lose because I didn't work for this money. It fell out of the sky mm-hmm. and uh, I'll only, I don't know, I'll lose some time. You know, I'll, I'll waste some time, but anyway, I have nothing to lose. Maybe, maybe my health will improve. You know, um, there's a Greek saying, it's so funny, but it says a person that's drowning holds on to his hair, you know, to, to, to stay afloat. 
Mm-hmm. You try to grab onto something. So you grab onto your hair to stay afloat. Like you would grab onto anything to stay afloat. So this is what happened. Anyway. Interesting. Uh, okay. So that was you. That was me. Uh, but uh, during the training, everything came back to me. Uh, I remembered my childhood. I remembered uh, the visions. I remembered seeing. I remembered the dreams. And uh, okay. Was it Reiki training or can you give me a little more? Uh, no, she trained me in channeling, actually. Uh-huh. I started with channeling, how to channel uh, people's higher self. Uh, so for for the folks who don't know what that is, and, and I know very little about it, could you just tell us a little, what, what does that mean exactly? Yes, there, there are lots of types of channeling. Um, I do therapeutic channeling, so... I connect with a person, uh, even if we're thousands of miles away, I can connect to them and I can give them information about their path uh, in life, their mission in life, about problems they're facing. It's not fortune telling. Yeah, so so it's not like, hey, your your dead uncle is talking to you. It's more like, here's your purpose. Here's what I see for you. Uh, Sometimes, uh, actually. uh, Sometimes it's that. Yes, sometimes it's a spirit guide. Uh, it's either, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of uh, one's higher self. Um, it's our inner sure. wisdom. It, it, it depends on the philosophy. It depends on the way you see it. But it's all the information that your soul has for you. Mm-hmm. And I can have access to that. Uh, and, and, and as we spoke previously you, this isn't you don't think this is something that came to you at 38 you you sort of remember that you perhaps had these gifts when you were younger but kind of shut it down exactly i had those gifts and uh, because i could see things and i i told my family things that were going to happen which happened they called me jinx mm-hmm. they called me jinx and at 13 uh, i saw something that was about to happen that was so scary, so scary. And then it did happen. And uh, after that, I said, I don't want it anymore. I don't want to see. I don't want to know. And it stopped and I forgot about it. Yeah, I've had um, not not a coaching client, but a legal client who had these gifts. And it seemed, I always thought it was be cool. And wow, what a superpower. And why can't I have these gifts? And then I realize it's quite difficult to live in the world when you're feeling these things. Of, you know, go to the mall or walk down the street and you feel things or you see things or you intuit things. And that that tell me about that challenge. Um, David, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, it's a gift and a curse. Uh, it's It's a gift if you can manage it because you can help other people like uh, uh, and you can help yourself Uh, but it's a curse if you don't know how to manage it because it can consume you Mm -hmm. and um, this is where the Reiki came along Mm -hmm. Um, the person that trained me in channeling because she said that I already had it like she reopened my channel or she reminded me of what I was able to do Mm -hmm. she said that I should do Reiki to be able to put like a I don't know um limits to it or Mm -hmm. a switch because um, like some boundary or protection around yourself exactly exactly and um every morning i I have a rigorous ritual like a self-care practices that help me get through the day without being invaded by Mm -hmm. other people's thoughts feelings energy etc and people shouldn't be worried when they meet me because i yeah (laughs) uh, intentionally don't pick up on anything. I, I am not yeah. curious. Uh, uh, I don't want to know. I know. Cause when I first talked to you, it's like, ah, oh, shit, what is she, <laughs> what is she thinking about me? What does she see right now? I'm actually thinking about the Greek food cause you're Greek and, and feta cheese, but we could talk about that later. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your protection uh, routine or is that top secret or no, no, not at all. And I, I, I gladly share it with anyone who's interested mm-hmm. and actually I'm, I'm trying to um uh to reach sensitive people like me get people mm-hmm. with gifts like me and help them manage them 
uh, I think I already told you that I usually attract such people, like they're mm -hmm. either my Reiki clients or my coaching clients, but uh, I attract such people and we manage to um, not contain, but anyway, like we managed to install a switch. We need the switch. So what I do, uh, it's self-Reiki every morning mm -hmm. uh, without fail and uh, grounding exercises, centering exercises, the protection bubble that I love. Yeah. Uh, sometimes yoga, if I have the time. So it, it depends on how much time I have, but what I do without fail is uh, Reiki, uh, grounding, centering, and my protection bubble. Well, it sounds like you have a whole protocol, which is probably good for people who even don't have that gift to kind of ground and center and breathe and do what makes you know their day a little bit more centered. I Having a daily practice has always escaped me, but I'll get there one day. So it's really nice to hear um, people's routines and practices. And was this something you learned from the healer that, that kind of trained you? No, 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 no. Uh, mm. No, I didn't learn from the healer. I mean, mm. she opened the channel and mm. told me to Reiki and sent, her, sent me on my way. Ah, which was yeah, gotcha. scary Because for some time I felt schizophrenic because mm -hmm. uh, I was in my practice and people would tell me things, you know, about a case and I would see something else and I knew they were lying and, it wasn't. Ooh, that's a power. It was, it was a powerful gift for a lawyer, right? Uh, no. no? I mean, okay. uh, maybe for a villain, a uh -huh. villain lawyer. I don't know, <laughs> a super villain, but with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And I thought exactly. Not uh, yeah. I'm curious about because you had, you know, for lack of a better word, sort of a conventional or profession and and a really good job and a, everything was like you said, everything was going great, and then. Eventually, you quit that. You become a healer and a coach. What did like family members and husband and how did they react to that? What was that like? Uh, the universe provides for everyone and for everything. So mm -hmm. the universe made sure I was freed from social conventions by mm -hmm. sending me and my husband to Central Africa, oh. where I reinvent myself and mm -hmm. I was actually reborn. Uh, uh, and I started practicing, um, you know, I mean, professionally practicing healing and coaching mm -hmm. uh, while in Africa without telling uh, my family about it. Oh, interesting. So it, it, this was for a job that your husband got, I think? Yes, yes. My so, you know, so you relocated and just started practicing. So it just kind of took care of itself, it sounds like. Actually, I never thought that I'd do that professionally because even mm -hmm. as a lawyer, uh, I would uh, do channeling for people. I do Reiki for people. Uh, I mean, not after after hours. Mm -hmm. After hours, I'd have uh, either either colleagues or friends. You know, people people I knew, not mm -hmm. not strangers. So and for free, of course. You know, they'd come for for sessions. Hmm. Uh, but when I went to Africa, like I started talking about it to people, and suddenly I had. It'll sound crazy, but I, I had about five to six appointments per day. Uh, wow. Like we were flocking uh, for my services. Um, mm. and, you know, I, I, I found my calling. Can you, can you tell me um, a little bit about that? Like what someone comes to you, what, what the like, session or the, the, it, the healing looks like? Uh, despite my conventional upbringing, despite my rational way of thinking, my studies, all that, um, I use some really unconventional methods. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I use dowsing rods. Uh, hmm. I, I don't know actually, what that is. <laughs> oh, dowsing rods. Uh, they're called either uh, dowsing rods or divining rods. I didn't use mm -hmm. divining rods because it sounds more cuckoo than dowsing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, they actually use dowsing rods to find sources of water in my country, in Greece, like farmers, they call someone who has this gift of finding water underground. Mm -hmm. So they have these rods and they tell the farmer where to dig for a well. Mm. <laughs> They're also used in uh, feng shui. So I don't know if you're familiar with feng shui. A little bit. I'm going to take a dowsing rod into court today. I have a court case later today. I'm just going to start pointing into people. You're lying. You're lying. Yeah, to, to be honest with you, I don't really need the dowsing rod mm -hmm. because I can feel everything. It's just, 
uh, for others to see what's going on mm -hmm. and for others to see how the dowsing rod reacts. But sometimes I use someone's body, uh, kinesiology. I don't know if you're aware of kinesiology. Sure. Um, yeah. So what I've become more and more aware of as I've gotten older is how you could say energy and I, you could also say my, like how my nervous system impacts, you know, the way I think, the way I feel, the way I act that, you know, historically it's always been, let's, let's talk it out. Right. We're all cerebral and talk therapy, but now it seems like the somatic component is very, very important. However you frame that, whether it's energy or nervous system, I've been, I do, um, uh, some qigong, which is, you know, an energy. And that's been very, very, very helpful. And some of the therapy I've been doing is somatic based. So I, I've been just more valuing that. I never really paid attention to that part. So I, anything energetic uh, is very important, I think, and helpful. Yeah. And, and then there are many ways to attack it. So I'm, I'm, tell me more about your, your way. There's Reiki and Twitter, yes, but you're absolutely right. But talking about the nervous system, I mean, how are signals transmitted to our brain? Mm -hmm. There's some kind of energy, right? Uh, yep. How are so even for yeah? No, no I've just been, I, lately I've been someone turned me on a little bit. I don't know a lot about it, the polyvagal theory. Yeah, I don't know if you know about that. Which basically, yes. said, I think what it says, and people who are listening, if I'm wrong, you can correct me. Is that under the surface? It is the nervous system sending us a signal and then the mind reacts and the mind then creates a story and then that story can sometimes create, you know, how we live. And the, there's, there's ventral vagal, which is sort of social engagement, sort of higher end of the ladder, like you and I are having this great conversation right now. Of course, there's always the parasympathetic, which we're all familiar with, fight or flight. Then they say there's dorsal vagal, which is disassociation, kind of shutting down and depression. And whether that's scientifically true or not, it's become a really helpful metaphor for me to kind of frame of, you know, where am I at? Am I in dorsal? Am I in ventral? Am I, am I fight or flight? Um, and just a really helpful kind of frame to notice where I'm at. And then, then I can hopefully do some practices or some of the things you're talking about to kind of get myself into the, into the ventral vagal. Uh, that's another approach. I, I know we're talking about the same thing. It's just a different approach. Yeah. Uh, um, for me, for me, it's just a different mm -hmm. approach uh, because I, I believe that, as I said, signals are energy. Mm -hmm. Like how are they transmitted? Uh, I don't know. They're, uh, I think that they can measure that in our brain, you know, the, those signals and there's electricity and even the heat that we emit, that we give off as bodies, physical mm -hmm. uh, heat is energy as well. So we cannot deny that energy is uh, an integral part of who we are or what our body can produce. Anyway, that, that's how I see it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I check their, their energy and then we decide whether they need um, energy balancing or hypnotherapy or coaching. But to be honest with you, I combine all the tools that I have, you know, uh, yeah. under my belts, even the Enneagram, and uh, it's uh, it's a holistic approach for everyone, and it's also it's uh, like tailor made. Yeah, right. Uh, so you have a toolbox, and no one size fits all. And you see somebody, and it's nice. You can like, you know, I could, I'll, I'll use this or use that because yeah, I don't, I don't think, yeah. I don't think anything should be tailor made with this stuff. People are uh, way unique. Yeah, I mean, yes. Anyway, it's like tailored individually for for each person. So, yeah, uh, um, as I said, I well, combined. Right. So, no, it should be tailor-made, probably not. I don't think I said that right versus, um, you know, one size fits all. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's okay. But can I go back to something that you said? I'm mm -hmm. like, I wanted to say something when you mentioned gifts and you said mm -hmm. people are with gifts and mm -hmm. everybody has a gift. Oh, Every, nice. we, no, no, we all have gifts and we just don't know it. Mm -hmm. And even the channeling, everyone can do it. Like we mm. all have the capacity to receive those signals. It's just that does our brain let us do mm -hmm. it? Uh, I mean, is our brain ready for it? It Yeah, it seems like a lot of us, including me, like we get in our own way and our, our, our field, um, I actually heard Robert Downey Jr. say this on an interview the other day, sort of, 
um, we sort of corrupt our own energy field. And so if we can get out of our own way, perhaps that's a way in. Uh, yeah, but you, everybody can perceive energy. Mm -hmm. And like you enter a room with angry people, you can feel it. Even, even if no one's talking, Mm -hmm. You feel in your body. You feel that there's something wrong. So, uh, like everybody, has right? Yeah, but I guess you know, and I guess some some people more exquisitely than others, and and someone like you feels it so exquisitely. But you're saying that we can all kind of hone that. Yes. Yes. And, yes. And if we accept it, and then we can refine it and fine tune it, and then use it to. I don't like the word protect so much because protect implies danger, but sometimes we need to preserve our energy. We need to preserve our sanity, preserve our emotions. So we can pick up on things and act accordingly, like just to even, you know, to uh, for our nervous system, for our nervous system to stay calm. Um, so the practices or my ritual, everybody should have a ritual, exactly like you said. Uh, but said everybody, even if they don't have gifts, this is why I'm coming back to it. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has at least one gift. Mm -hmm. Even being a good listener is a gift. And I am really good at untying knots. I don't know why. My family said, can you untie this? Tangling, untangling jewelry. It's a thing. Uh, uh, um, you have a lot more gifts than that. No, okay. Now, I think that when I heard your podcast, I was like, oh my God, his voice, uh, mm -hmm. his wit. I, I like, you have a talent, like you're an amazing interviewer. Oh. You're a people's person. You listen. Um, and, you're making uh, me blush. Um, well, that wasn't my intention. Well, that, I, I just, thank you. That's very kind. I appreciate that. Which is a good segue because I listened to a interview with you. Mm -hmm. on with Ferocia on Cage Training World. And you said something very interesting. You said, um, I don't know, I think you were talking about yourself. You may have been talking about in general. Some people, many people are afraid to listen to their inner voice because they're afraid like, what would happen if I listened to that? I'd become an outcast. And I want to hear more about that because I think that's really interesting. Uh, that was me as well. I was afraid. Like, that was you what? as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course it was me as well. I was, as I said, I had ticked all the boxes. I was a lawyer, happily married, vacations, everything, you know, uh, the whole lot. And something, I, I felt that something wasn't right, but I was afraid to listen to that voice telling me something's not right because uh, seemingly everything was perfect. I had nothing else to ask for. I had yeah. everything I'd ever wanted. So uh, if I said no, let's say to being a lawyer, it meant that I wouldn't earn this much money. And what would happen of me? Maybe I'd end up destitute or uh, I don't know. Maybe you, my yeah. husband would leave me if I wasn't a lawyer anymore. So, so I hear yeah. the fear. And I'm also wondering if there's a voice where someone in you know, their voice says, do yoga, do yoga like you. And the person says, like, you're skeptical of that voice. Like, what is this? Am I making this up? And how do you determine if this is like your inner voice versus this is something else? You know, I've, I've worked on this with various clients, especially yeah. people with gifts. Uh, mm -hmm. Like how there are two voices in my head. One that says, for example, do yoga. And the other one that says, oh, go to your practice, like close your eyes to that. What's this yoga? What's this mm -hmm. yoga thing? Like that's not feeling. Yeah, like how do I know I'm just not like hallucinating and making this crap up? Yeah. Yes, but uh, there's a way to tell. There's mm -hmm. a way to talk. If the voice is making you feel well, mm. like somatically, you check how you feel. Does it resonate? Does it resonate? If it resonates, it's you. If it doesn't resonate, if it makes you feel, mm -hmm. you know, there are two types of scared. There's scared, excited, and there's like scared, paralyzed, scared, petrified. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, uh, the do yoga thing or the stop being a lawyer thing, was scary, but at the same time, kind of exciting. Like, okay, what else is there for me? Whereas the voice that said, okay, you know, shut up voice that says, stop being a lawyer because then you'll be destitute. You'll die. Your husband will leave you. What will people, people will think you're crazy. Right. That, uh, that, that's not your inner voice. That's well, right. It sounded like the yoga was like flooding you with the good energy, the, the higher. Uh, energy. Yes. And I, I listened to it and it was, it was the first time that I'd done that. Like just, mm -hmm go with what my 
inner voice was saying. So yes, people are afraid because there are two voices. We're conditioned. David, we, um, like, conditioning is good when we're growing up because we need to do certain things, like, right. mechanically, automatically. Like, we don't need to think how about how to brush our teeth. We do it. It's So it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. Right. We need to adult, hashtag adult, and function in the world, but... Uh, Yes. Taken, the taken to the extreme. Yeah, taking to the extreme. You're in a box and you, you're afraid to get out of the box or out of your comfort, comfort zone. So, yes, people are afraid that something bad will happen to them. Um, and when they don't listen to it for a very long time, then something bad will happen to them to make them get out of the comfort zone. Like right. the autoimmune disease. <laughs> No, that is interesting. It's like you can listen now or you can listen later when it's much, much louder and there's some crisis because, you know, not to sound too woo-woo, but, but the universe is going to speak one way or the other. Uh, so exactly. you, can, you can hear the whisper or you can hear it screaming at you. Yes, and the more stubborn you are, uh, like uh, for me, my health problems, they were like uh, slaps on the face. Mm -hmm. So the more I resisted, the harder the slapping and the more I said no, like until, you know, the autoimmune and, and, disease. And, and you're good now, right? You, it's, it's not a huge part of your life, I hope, or is it still uh, a big, big thing that you have to I'm, do? Uh, medication free, free of medication. Oh, uh, uh, um, I'm very active. Can I share an accomplishment with you? Like, I would like to share it with, with the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I currently live in, live in Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. um, which is a kind of, a, it's a conservative place, but things are changing. Uh, so for women. interesting. Yeah, it was like a mathematical equation to figure out your time zone, but we made it happen. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes, we did because we both wanted it. Yeah, yeah. And because so cool. the universe made sure we did. So um, they're opening up sports for women. And uh, mm -hmm. I part participated in the very first tennis tournament for women in Saudi Arabia. Oh, and cool. I competed with, yes, with 20-year-olds. And uh, I got third place, you know. and um, Really? Yes, yes. So I'm really, really happy. I mean, not that you're old, but it's a uh, difference between a 20-year-old and you're, what, 25, 26? <laughs> at least, right? Now I'm flushing. When's your birthday? I'll, I'll send you a birthday cake, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, mine's, mine anyway, was in uh, January, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I'm so healthy that I can uh, compete uh, mm -hmm. like um, at, um, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So um, my, my health is like, I'm, I'm so healthy. I'm so, mm -hmm. so grateful for yeah. all these changes. And I'm much happier. I thought I was happy. I wasn't, I knew I wasn't happy, mm -hmm. but I don't uh, earn as much as I did as a lawyer. I mean, I earn uh, like, you mm -hmm. know how much lawyers earn? I think uh, your listeners know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends. I think there's a wide um, range there, but I think at least my parents really wanted me to strongly encourage it because you can make a living and not, you know, there's always work and you don't starve and it's 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 safe and comfortable and not easy, but it's, it's um, you know, it's, you're not struggling because people need lawyers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, at law firm, when I worked for law firms, I made a lot of money, but I was really unhappy. And then with my own practice, I made less money, but I was much happier. And now that I don't have to, like not that I earn money helping people, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like work. It's my life. Yeah. It's just uh, it's who I am. Yes. Yeah. No, you're you're fully aligned. It feels wonderful, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. And I, I like. Excuse me. Um, another thing you said. I just took a note of in the interview that I listened to, you said even villains have a mission on earth. Tell me a little bit about that. I thought that was kind of, kind of nice that you said that. Okay. As a um, criminal defense attorney, I don't, I don't consider my clients villains, but I think what you're saying, you know, everybody, no matter what they've done or who they are, have a mission, have a purpose. Yes. And um, I know that many people will disagree with me. And I know it's really controversial to say that someone like a murderer mm -hmm. has a mission. Um, but from a spiritual perspective, um, we need to grow. Like mm -hmm. we, we, we grow and evolve. And usually we grow through hardship. 
if everything goes well, we just stay put. Like there's no progress. Like okay, everything's fine. Uh, right. Exactly right. I think I even heard like a quote of Eckhart Tolle said something to Oprah on the Oprah podcast. He said, you know, I really don't think people do grow or change unless crisis is. And it's sorry to say, I just don't think it's going to happen. It has to have, there has to be a crisis. Uh, so, you know, the, the villain might mm-hmm. change someone's life. I mean, might take a life, mm-hmm. which is horrible, but might change some other people's life if they manage to forgive you know the villain it's right or maybe the villain writes a book in 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 when he's incarcerated and somebody reads it and and takes another path exactly on the wrong direction or something like that exactly and uh i I know like especially when like when victims uh hear something like that or families of victims they might be get really really angry at me for saying that even villains have a mission but in the grand scheme of things they do. I mean, that's my philosophy. Um, and of course, people are free to disagree with it. And I'm not saying that everybody should believe that. But yeah. That's well, you know, you're, it sounds like you're speaking from a, a, a spiritual place. You're not, you're, rather than, you're not speaking from the place of, let's say, a judge or a jury, necessarily. You're speaking from a different place. Um, having channeled for so many people, uh, myself included, um, I, I've gotten to know like a different kind of reality, which yeah. is not reality for others, but for me, it's a rea- like having seen other realms of existence. Um, ha- yeah. Do you want to share that? And is and this is because I know some people. I did an episode recently. I haven't posted it with um. Um, plant medicine and, and and psychedelics and psilocybin and people always talk about that, you know, through, you know, sort of a chemical intervention and you've seemed to not need that, right? Is this, this is just, all, this just reality comes without um, psychedelics or drugs or, it's, I know that's um, not uncommon, but. Um, yes, it's exactly, sometimes I say, uh, like, I, I don't understand. No, now I do. You know, mm-hmm. I change. I change, and I also change my mind, and which means that I'm alive. So I'm I'm happy to change my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. I just prove to myself that I'm alive and I'm not dead. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to be completely against, you know, mushrooms or like people who want to find a, a shaman mm-hmm. in Latin America and take these mushrooms. Interesting. And have, uh, yeah. I used to, you were being, yes, you were against that. Uh-huh. I used to be against that. Of course, I used to be because because I I thought like meditation can do like you can do the mm-hmm. same thing with meditation like why why the chemical intervention when we can reach these levels yes. um more organically or in a, with a natural way but i later changed my mind and realized that not everybody can do it so some yeah. people need this experience like uh need to go through that so yeah my kind of take on it is if you can do it without it, great. But some people, whether it's like an you know Zoloft or um, Prozac or psilocybin, that we have such a grip on our own patterns and our anxiety, or whatever's going on, and sort of our brains are so um, our neural pathways are are so um, so habituated that you really you need something to open that up. Some people, not everybody, um, because our grip is so tight. That, that, yeah, whether it's, like I said, prescribed from a psychiatrist or from a shaman, that's, that's what I think is going on. It sort of loosens our grip on whatever the anxiety, the fear, and then our brains um, can't go where we want them to go because of the habituation or the neural pathways or the patterns of the years and years and years and years of thinking a particular way. So... Yeah, you couldn't have put it in a better way because I now completely agree with you. When I lived in Central Central Africa, uh, I met people because they 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 have their their own psychedelic substance uh, mm-hmm. like a root. Yeah, maybe you've heard of it. It's called iboga or ibogaine or something. Yeah, like. I have not. I am not an expert. And uh, <laughs> but this so has been maybe, a very popular topic in recent recent years. Yeah, uh, some people you know took it and they went through the ceremony. I mean, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I know people who got um, rehabilitated after taking drugs, like they, they stopped taking gr- drugs immediately after, you know, the ceremony. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, people um, who are, are going to therapy or seeing a psychiatrist, doing all the Western medical things, and it's not working. I guess they, there's a term like, you know, it's like resistant. Their depression is resistant to whatever the SSRI, the therapy, whatever they're doing. And so they've taken um, ayahuasca or psychedelics or participated, let's say, in one of the Johns Hopkins studies. And that's the thing that shifted them. Actually, uh, it can jumpstart some people's brains. Uh, like they need that. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not against it uh, as long as it's done, I don't know, under mm-hmm. proper supervision with yeah. uh, someone who, who knows what they're doing. Uh, because I also know of people who died during such rituals. Mm. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> but as you said, like so far I haven't needed it uh, and I've had access to, as I said, yeah, uh, without it, but I'm not against it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't remember. Do you have children? No, no okay. kids. Okay. Because I was going to ask, what do they think about your your gifts? Uh, you know, um, my husband, I'll tell you what my husband thought. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, he's been very, very supportive, very supportive. I, I think he was shocked in the beginning. Um, he was shocked because he knew me as a lawyer, some, right. someone rational. And then I remember we were like, uh, we have a a nice cozy apartment in Athens and uh, with a nice terrace that overlooks, you know, the sea and um, that sounds so amazing. <laughs> really, really nice. And so we were out there. I said, listen, there's something I need to tell you. And he like, he's, he looked at me with eyes wide open and I said, I can tell you exactly what you're feeling now and maybe mm-hmm. what you're thinking. And like, I freaked him out. Something uh, I need to tell you, husband. It's like the sixth sense, that movie, like, what is it? I see dead people. Just wanted to let you know. How's your day going? What, <laughs> so how long have you guys been married? Uh, we've been, um, actually, we've been together for almost 22 years, and we've been married for, it's 21, uh, for 16 years hmm. now. Pretty solid. Pretty, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and as I said, really, really supportive. And when I told him that I don't want to be a lawyer anymore, mm-hmm. again, he was supportive, and every time I pay for a new training because I'm a trainaholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> well, there's so much to, to learn and, and so many things to add to your toolbox. I totally get that. Yeah, exactly. And again, again, so he's like, again, aren't you tired of learning? Like, I uh, know <laughs> so he was very, very supportive, but we, we both hid what I did professionally from our, from both our families uh, for many, many years. Um, and then maybe as you heard, you know, in the interview with Ferocia, um, I came out of the closet. Publicly. Yeah. Spiritual so, closet. Yes. I came out of the spiritual closet and I really felt empowered. And then I talked to, uh, well, not with many details because they will not understand. Uh, but okay, this is what I do more or less. And, but with not so many details. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the part of, not wanting to be a lawyer anymore seems very, very common. Uh, it's the other thing is, and I'm going to do this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But David, so. I've met many, many lawyers uh, who absolutely. Uh, oh, they're out there. Training world, a uh, whole person coach training. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, so many lawyers. Uh, another lawyer in France who's like into yeah the herb medicine and you know plant yeah. medicine. Like lawyers, uh, I I don't know some. What's what's wrong? I mean, what's what's happening in uh, in our profession? <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's really stressful. I mean, it's adversarial. It's very very demanding. Um, and for some, and I don't want to speak for all lawyers of the world, some not that fulfilling because of the situations you know you're dealing with and find yourself in. And you know, a lot of times people will say after I do their case, "Thank you very much. I hope I never talk to you again." you seem like a very nice guy, but when you, when someone comes to a lawyer, it's not usually good, right? Yep. It's not like we're selling Yankee tickets. It's, exactly. uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I imagine when someone comes to you for, for healing, it's not necessarily good, but, you, but it's, but it is healing. And I don't know that the legal profession um, does a lot of healing, unfortunately. Uh, yes, and I hear a lot of sad stories, tragic stories, and uh, sometimes I feel them because when I channel, it's as if it's happening to me. Uh, so I, I can feel 
mm-hmm. whatever the person has felt. And uh, on the one hand, that's not very pleasant. On the other hand, when the healing does happen, um, it's so rewarding. It's really, really rewarding. But, you know, on a funny note, um, when I don't do that, I'm a very, everybody thinks that I'm a very serious person, that I don't, mm-hmm. not very serious. And, but I'm not, like, I'm, I can be a clown, a real clown in my personal mm-hmm. life. And uh, I, I do everything within my power to be surrounded with positive things, comedy, yeah. laughter, and stay away from any kind of drama. <laughs> Well, I, I don't see serious. I see professional. Well, the lawyer, but sort of your presentation is um, very professional. You know, you got it. You got it. You got a seri- like a professional vibe. You know. Um, okay. Uh, Which is good. Yeah, you are a professional. Yeah, uh, yes. Yes. It's so funny. When I was a lawyer, and people met me after mm-hmm. hours, they could never guess I was a lawyer. Yeah. You're a lawyer. You're. I'm sorry. I'll use a. Bad expression you don't you, you're not stuck up how come like yeah. are, you, are you sure you're a lawyer like are you <laughs> yeah um, no and there is that perception of, of a person in a suit you know there's a there's a prestige i think there's a power that yes. people not just the public but lawyers identify with like, uh, how how could i give i think it's hard to give up for a lot of people because they, it's one of those things where people really identify with it like not that I practice law. I am this thing. I, I see a lot. And it's like, well, you're not, you're just a person. But I try not to over identify with the thing because I don't really. I never identified with it. You know, it's like yeah. I put on a costume, I put on a mask, uh, yeah, exactly. and uh, I appeared in court. Uh, but uh, after work, it was just me, someone who loves having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I know you have to go in a minute. Um, let's t- tell me where people can find you, and please, um, what, whatever else you want to say, I don't um, want to make sure you you're able to say everything you were wanting to say because we, I say this a lot, uh, but I'm really serious. I mean, this we could we could talk for for so many hours on these topics. I, I love this; it's so interesting. So thank you. Uh, no, thank you so much for giving me this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you broke up so a little bit. Happy. Oh, oh, it's uh, my it's okay. connection. Well, you said thank you so much, and then what was the thing after? Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity to be, I don't know, um, yeah, mm-hmm. to be an interviewee, like your interviewee. Uh, you your, uh, tell all your um, friends. I was uh, on the Authentic the Dad podcast. Mm-hmm. It's big in Saudi Arabia. Uh, yeah, and anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. Is it? Huge. Anyway, uh, no, I know, I know. There's so so many things, like so many stories. My my, it's as if I've lived um, so many lifetimes in one. Like I've changed mm-hmm. lives so many times. Uh, but I think that, well, we got out some some of my like essential stuff, especially my message. Listen to your inner voice mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to be who you are and all these things. Yeah. Uh, people can find me online. Uh, um, I have my website. Uh, it's um, www.i-ki coaching. It's like a yeah. ki coaching. It's one word. Uh, com. Uh, and I, I would like to explain. I is like from intelligent mm-hmm. dash dash ki ki. It's uh, the Japanese word for energy. This is what where mm-hmm. reiki comes from. Like Got reiki it. Okay. is like universal energy. And then coaching, because I combine coaching with uh, energy things. And uh, can yeah, you, so people can find me. And you can work with people virtually. I work with people from all over the world. Good. And uh, I have three working languages. Uh, uh, I work in English, in French, and in Greek. And I have clients like... Uh, wow, so you speak English, French, and continent. Greek. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Very cool. Three more languages, because like... I have a flair for, yeah, but I don't work with the other languages because anyway, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, work with French-speaking people, English-speaking people, Greek-speaking people, and it's very interesting. Different cultures. Um, I work with African Americans, Asian Americans, Greek Americans. Uh, I work with mm-hmm. American Americans. I don't know. <laughs> um, what about bald Europeans, men? Africans. Do you work with bald men? Um, I've, I've, Yes, had some, yes okay, I do. Good. Just uh, making I, sure. Yes. 
<laughs> I don't discriminate. Like uh, I, I love people that come in all colors, shapes, sizes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, I know you have a hard stop, so I don't want to keep you. I want to thank you. And thank you so much. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks for li- and thanks for listening. Thanks. thanks for listening to the other some of the other episodes. And and uh, the is all mine. if you don't mind me asking one more thing, because I'm a weird person, what's the weather like over there in Saudi Arabia? Which part of Saudi Arabia, by the way? Uh, um, um, I live in Jubail. Uh, it's um, a seaside a seaside city um, uh, in the eastern province. Um, it's uh, okay uh, in Greek. And in Greece, if you look at geography books and maps, it's the Persian Gulf. But here it's called the Arabian Gulf. I don't know what you, I think in the States you call it the Persian Gulf. I believe so. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, here in Saudi Arabia, we call it the Arabian Gulf. So Hot hot over there uh, right now? Uh, it's hot. Yes, it's. Uh, oh, um, I, I don't know the temperature in Fahrenheit, but it's uh, around thirty degrees. Uh, it can get really, really hot in the summer. Forty-eight, fifty degrees Celsius. So, I'm in Celsius. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the winters are very mild. Uh, there's sunshine almost all year round. Um, and even when it's very, very, very hot, it's dry hot. So mm. the heat. And the humidity in Gabon made life more difficult, like in Central Africa. Mm-hmm. Like summers, 48 degrees and 50 degrees are uh, better here than, I don't know, 32 degrees were in Central Africa. Yeah. So, yeah, in Maryland, we have a lot of humidity. So, very nice. Well, have a wonderful day. I want you to not be late to your thing. Thank you. And I hope we keep in touch. You know we will. <laughs> All right. Great. Take care. Bye-bye. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Evdoxia Stupi. Really excellent wisdom to not only listen to that voice, but, but to trust it. And that we all do have our unique gifts. You've probably heard that before. Perhaps it's time to actually take action on those gifts. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Reach me, F U R T H U R. Dot coach, please consider liking, subscribing, uh, five star reviewing to get the word out to get more people to hear this uh, amongst the 10 million other podcasts. We'll see you next time. Take care, really appreciate it.